Hello everyone and welcome to the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for the week of Friday, May 28th, 2021. I'm your host, Mark Nunez, and I got quite a few games to talk about on this here podcast this week. Oh my god. The <laughs> uh, Biomutant, an airport for aliens currently run by dogs. That's the full title. An airport for aliens currently run by dogs. Does it sound like a weird game? Good, because it is a weird game. Then, Robophobic, R-Type Final 2, King of Seas, Zero Degrees, and Gut Whale. Oh, I've got a whale in my gut. I've got such a big gut. It's whaling on me. Oh, my God. I don't know where I'm going with that. But before I get to all that I've been playing, a lot of news happened this past week. Got some Sonic Anniversary stuff. A bit of Horizon... <laughs> what's it called i don't know i don't know what the new subtitle is for horizon one dawn whatever that was a terrible joke and i didn't want to say it but i was stuck with nowhere to go and i just went the easy way i'm sorry i I like to be more clever than that and that was about as far from clever as you can get and then there was also a well there's a far cry 6 thing happening today the time of this recording it may have already happened i didn't watch it so I can't speak to that. And I think there was something else. Was it Pokemon related? Or is it Nintendo related? I don't know. And I don't really care. All I care is that the Sonic thing was way shorter than I think most of us expected. It was like 15 minutes or so. And for the most part, it was just, hey, we're Sega. It's Sonic's 30th birthday. We're just going to put Sonic in a bunch of our other games. So we didn't get a lot of Sonic news outside of Colors, the remaster of that, which was a Wii game, I guess. And people are excited about that. It looks pretty good. And a new game from the Sonic team, just slated for 2022. No title or anything. There was some weird symbol that may be lore-related in the Sonic universe that I have no idea about. But what I was most excited about was the addition of Sonic to the Tokyo 2020 video game. Olympic video game, that is. Because it's basically just a dude in a Sonic mascot outfit. And it looks ridiculous. And I actually want to play the game now because of that. I had no interest in it prior to this announcement. I didn't even know it was going to be a thing. I didn't know we were getting an Olympic game. Game. I, I still... I guess it's going to happen. But it's just going to be weird and kind of pointless to have the Olympics right? Because isn't the point of the Olympics to have this grand spectacle where people come from all over the world to your country to spend money and get the money back from all the money you spent on creating the venues and all that nonsense? So without that, which I don't think is happening, it just it seems pointless or just delay it. I don't know. It just is a weird thing. But, yeah, I'm excited about that because it just looks very, very strange. And then Horizon looks really good, though the demo that they showed looked like a very scripted, nowhere near, nowhere near, nowhere near indicative of actual gameplay because it just seemed way too cinematic for what would actually be happening if I or you or anyone was actually in control of the game. As I say, actually a million times in a short period of time. 
I I I feel better. You know, my my my, my smuttering, my smuttering. What is that? My smuttering, my stuttering, my stammering, my what have you is uh just because I'm recording this later than usual and I want to get it out. I don't want to get to the point like I was last week where I kept re-recording them. So I don't want to get to that point. And I'm just going to go with it when I flubber it up, Robin Williams-like, because that's my flubber. Forget Jerry Lewis or whoever was the original flubber. I'm Robin Williams. Flubber. I don't even know if that movie was actually any good. Attack the Backlog. I started up Kingdom Hearts, and I'm putting that back on hold. I think I'm going to restart it at some point in the who-knows-when future, but I'm going to play it on easy mode because I do not like the combat and find it annoying enough to not want to deal with it on anything other than easy difficulty. I'd rather just be able to consume the story and the anime-ass anime nature of it, which I hear kicks in around halfway through after you get through with all the Disney and Final Fantasy nonsense. So when I'll actually get back to that, I don't know but I'm just not in the mood for it. It's not like Super Mario 64 where I just don't want to deal with it on any level, but I'm not in the place to deal with the nonsense and tedium of it right now. I'm, I'm still going to play it. I'm just putting it on hold once again. I played it for like two hours and I said, yeah, that's enough. And then I've Dabbled with a few other candidates, and I'm not sure where I'm going to go. I played a little bit of Sekiro. I played some One Piece Pirate Warriors 4. I've been thinking about maybe Night in the Woods or going back to something that I know will be nice and comfortable, like Cat Quest 2 and maybe even Yakuza Kiwami. So I'm not sure. I Actually, I think I settled on Mafia Definitive Edition, even though I, I played the original and adore that game. I don't know if it holds up, but I'm looking at the Definitive Edition as a cheat, kind of, but also as its own little thing because it is very much so a remake as opposed to the remaster of Mafia 2. I wouldn't count Mafia 2 Definitive Edition or whatever it's called as an Attack the Backlog candidate because it's just the same thing with a filter over it or whatever that sharpens it up a bit, that cleans it up a bit and stuff like that, whereas... Mafia 1 is a full-blown remake, and it looks real good. I mean, I haven't played it myself. I just remember the, the trailers and all that. But I think that's where I'm going to go next, because I want I want to change things up, and that felt like a good place, and I've been wanting to play that for a while, and I think it's worthy of being an Attack the Backlog game, despite having played the original. Who knows how different this is? Or if it holds up, or whatever. Who knows? But... That's all the Attack the Backlog stuff. Streaming has been nice. Still meeting some new people there and just continuing to fiddle with all the settings because now I have a noise gate set up for ducking or side whatever, side chaining it so that I can put the gaming audio at max and have it be loud and audible for people who are watching when I'm not talking and then have it automatically decrease in volume when I start talking so that you can have both of those worlds. The best of both worlds, I like to say. Because if I'm playing a game where there are large chunks where I'm not talking or there are a lot of story bits where I want to 
shut up and listen to them. I want the watchers to be able to listen to them as well. I want them to be along for the ride and not just be there listening to like the quietest game audio during those bits. So I think I have all that finally set up so that it's as smooth of a uh, transition as possible. But it's all a learning process. I got my light set up. That seems to have done a pretty good job. I am considering because I, when I look at it and how I look with this particular visual filter on, I think I look better and I feel more comfortable. People may find it weird, but I can just use the excuse that, well, my profile picture, I'm basically just black and white in it. And what I'm getting at is I wanted to set up my webcam to be black and white because I think it just makes me look less ugly. And anything I can do to make myself look less ugly in my eyes, it, it just helps and make me feel more comfortable in actually putting my image out there. And I could use the excuse that, you know, have you seen my profile picture? I got the pride colors in the background. There are all those colors in the background, yes. But look at me. I'm just black and white. And grays, of course. So, I might do that. I don't, I don't think people will care, really. Because they don't need to see me in color. It's more about my reactions and all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, I'm assuming, at least, that it's not about the colors. But just seeing the person and the reaction and having that interaction and face to the voice or whatever. So I think that's the plan moving forward. Yeah, I think uh, at this point, unless something else comes up where I'm like, oh, I, I should mess around with this for my streaming, I think I'm finally at the point where everything is at where I want it to be settings-wise. So that the game audio is where I want it to be. I have this ducking system thing that has it so that I can talk and have the game audio loud uh, at the same time. And it'll it'll adjust on its own so that I don't have to do that. Because I was originally thinking, okay, I guess I can just adjust the volume myself when a cutscene shows up and I'm quiet for those bits. But that just seemed like an incredible hassle that I did not want to deal with. And... There are ways of getting the, the background noise out of the way, which I've messed around with, and it, that seems to have helped as well. The only thing that seems impossible to get rid of, because the, the level that it would need to be at for it to keep it quiet when I'm not talking, is not, like, I adjust my voice quite a bit. My range is all over the place, and I do like to talk very quietly or low, or I, I don't know if it's the the deepness at times that I, I get to that the, the levels don't reach high enough or whatever. What I'm getting at is the one thing that is still annoying to me that I don't know if people who watch streams regular put up with and understand as a part of it or if it is a part of a lot of streamers is the sound of pressing buttons on the controller. I wish I could get rid of that. But I can't. I, I've dabbled with things and I've gotten close to it. But still, there will be times where I am talking and I may 
go into some weird voice or whatever, and it doesn't pick up that because I'm going too deep or too low or too whatever, and that just makes it sound really yucky and not good, so that thing is not going to happen. So, yeah. But outside of that, things seem to be looking pretty good. I set up the if this and that to automatically tweet out when I stream and, and whatnot, which uh, seems to have worked well enough. I got my stupid little automatic, automated, dumb rhyme nonsense. That is very me, so it works out. But uh, yeah, I think that's enough of just random nonsense to start off the show with. And uh, I think I'll get on to what I've been playing. So Biomutant is the talk of the town right now. I think it's probably the game that you've heard the most about this past week. And I won't bother you too much with it. But I spent three hours with it. I streamed it. And I I like it in spite of a lot of its problems. Right off the bat, it looks really, really pretty. That is one of the biggest factors in why I still like playing it, is that I just like being in the world and exploring it and, and seeing the beauty of it unfold. It has a day-night cycle that I'm not sure how long it lasts, but when you get to actually see the sunrise or the sunset, if you find a nice vantage point or if you're at a nice vantage point, when that happens, it looks really, really good. The foliage, the fur, a lot of the game just looks really, really nice. I'm playing on the Series X. I haven't had any issues performance-wise. I think I've heard other people talk about performance issues on the consoles, but I don't feel like I've run into anything, nothing noticeable. But it looks really, really good. That is the thing that stood out first and foremost. But one of the annoying things is that your little dude, your little muskrat, whatever type of animal you are, I, I think you're probably just like a nondescript rodent, muskrat, feline-looking thing, is that when you are creating your character at the very beginning of the game, the way you adjust your look is not through using sliders for your nose, your ears, your eyes, etc. It's by the way in which you shape your character attribute-wise. So if you pick high intelligence or high charisma or high attack, that will affect what your character looks like. So if you make them real strong, they're going to be real bulky. If you make them real smart, they're going to be tall and skinny. You make them charismatic, they look like a fucking doofus. I don't know how the charismatic default whatever, when I put it all the way down to charismatic, nothing else, just charisma, 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 I looked at the character it generated. I'm like, that is not a fucking charismatic animal. That is one ugly, weird-looking thing. That might be the ugliest animal you've shown me in this entire character creation section. And you're telling me that thing is fucking charisma? Charisma. <laughs> yes, that thing is charisma incarnate? That is the fucking... No, it's not. That thing looked ugly as shit. And I eventually just went with the settings that gave me the character I most wanted to play that didn't look the dumbest because a lot of the characters or the animals that you end up with, depending on how you adjust in the little circular area, 
they look really stupid. And something that you'll learn very quickly is that your starting stats don't really matter. They don't. It's not a big deal. Just go with whatever look you like and have at it. And then once you get in the world, it's it's a real mixed bag. The thing that sticks out the most as being incredibly annoying and frustrating is the amount of story up front and how the story is delivered. It is very, 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 very talky right from the get-go. And I, in my first three hours, I feel like at least half of it was story and just talking and all this crap that I could have been interested in and some of it I was interested in, but I wish it was delivered in a more organic way through exploration and stuff like that as opposed to just having my ear chewed out left and right and have these flashbacks that I really don't give a shit about. But the problem with the story is that it's all delivered through a narrator. You have these two little good and evil creatures who are there to represent the morality system, which affects certain skills you can go, depending on the branching paths you take. They're voiced as well, and they're really annoying. Did not like them. But everything else is voiced by the narrator. The animal creatures that you interact with, they all speak in gibberish. And when they speak, you'll hear their gibberish being spoken, and then it'll move on to the narrator and be like, and then this person went blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh my God, you have to hear double the talking. So first you hear talking you can't understand. And then you have the narrator telling you what they actually were saying. And it's just really tedious. The narrator gets really grating. There is a slider in the settings to adjust the narrator's frequency. But this only affects the narrator's frequency when you're just exploring the open world and they're chiming with whatever dumb bullshit they have to say. So that... Right there made a kind of bad first impression. Continued impression. I just hated him. I turned that slider down to zero immediately. And then the combat is broken up into melee and ranged. I found that the ranged combat was significantly more satisfying and kind of OP. The melee combat felt not as weighty as I would like. And the pairing system felt like garbage, which is really the Achilles heel of the melee combat. I could not get a handle for the pairing system. It it felt incredibly inconsistent. When it worked and and felt like it was right, timing-wise and all that, it felt good. But it did not feel consistent. There would be times where I'm like, I'm doing what I did in that other fight that worked, but it's not working now. What's the fucking difference? Is it because there are multiple enemies and like... It just was a bit of a pain. But the shooting felt pretty good. And it did more damage than I was expecting. And you can basically shoot without ever having to reload, per se, by reloading whenever your ammunition hits maybe three, four bullets left in the chamber. So when you're getting low on ammunition with your weapons, they'll turn red, like what few bullets you have left, and it'll show you to press the reload button, which on the Xbox is the right bumper. And if you press it during that brief window, well, before you're out of ammunition, when you're just almost out of ammunition, then you'll just have your guns reloaded and you can keep firing without any hesitation. If you 
reload too early, you'll have to wait. If you let it drain completely, you'll have to wait. So if you just hit it in that sweet spot, as opposed to getting like a damage increase, like with Gears of War, you just are able to continuously keep shooting. And I found the shooting to be surprisingly powerful and useful. But uh, <laughs> the thing is, I, I, I know that listening to me talk about this game, you're like, wait, how do you like any of this? What is the silver lining here? What is the good? The good really is solely the world and exploring it and the visuals. I like being in the world and I like seeing what's around the next corner. And that's it. It falls for me in the same camp as stuff like Two Worlds. And I'm trying to think of something else that's like subpar in that level. I wouldn't say Divinity or the Risen games in a way. Where there's a lot of jank to it in the gameplay and other mechanics or systems in place. But there's just something about the world that you're in that you find intriguing. And and that'll vary from person to person. You might not find the world interesting at all. You may hate furries, and that will immediately say, fucking don't play this game. But despite a lot of its issues, I just like being in the world because it's so pretty. And it's a game that I could see coming back to here and there just when I want to play something mindless while listening to a podcast or whatever. This isn't a game where I have any intention to follow the story because I hate the narrator and the story that's there is a real mixed bag. I hate some of the character designs from the past. I love Gizmo. Gizmo looks great. Gizmo is my boy. He looks wonderful. I would love a figure of him, a plush of him. He's adorable. He's great. But then you have this other dude who looks like Elvis and he's an annoying piece of shit. Don't like him. He looks dumb and he's got like buck teeth. I don't know if he's a beaver or something, but no, do not like him. Uh, yeah. Biomutant is a weird game. It's a game that I wouldn't recommend picking up at full price, but when it hits that $20 to $30 range, if it's something that you looked at and you thought, this looks like it could be my, my jam, definitely pick it up at that price range. I, I think you will get your money's worth from it there not that you wouldn't it at 60 dollars, which i think i i can't remember if it's 50 or 60 but there's a lot of game there it is rather repetitive but it's just it's a night like there's something relaxing about it and i dig that i i like some of the abilities you can unlock as well you can it's like spit these it's funny because one of the first ones I unlocked is this ability to like spit mucus at an enemy and turn them on your side so they'll start attacking their fellow teammates and whatnot when I did that they didn't do anything I, I, I mean they started attacking but they were just going crazy they were like spinning in a circle spitting nonsense all over the place it couldn't hurt me but they weren't actually attacking their teammates. I didn't know what was going on. I was just looking at them and I'm like, what's the point of this? They just lost their mind. They didn't freaking turn to my side. They just freaking went insane. And that was kind of amusing. Maybe a bug or whatever. But yeah. In spite of all my negativity and all the jank there, I 
I keep wanting to go back. It keeps drawing me in. I am regularly thinking about it and wanting to play it, which is weird because there's plenty of it or about it that I don't like exactly, but just that core world and the visuals, the creature design, the enemy design and all that, that is what keeps me wanting to play more, to just see what else is out there, to see a new creature design and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that is Biomutant, which is available on most platforms. I think everything except the Switch. But uh, yeah. Then an airport for aliens currently run by dogs is... I don't even know how to talk about this game. In part because it is such a weird and unique game that I think going into it, knowing as little as possible, is really the way to go. What I'll say is that it's a game where the world is inhabited by dogs. And you may be thinking to yourself, it's very kind of simplistic, polygonal art with some nice colors in there. And it looks good for what it's going for. But the dogs are not 3D models of dogs. They're just flat JPEG images they don't even have like the background cut out so you'll have a white background or whatever background and then this picture of a dog and you can talk to them you can pet any of them you can throw things at them they might not do things but like you can give them some treats it's it's a weird thing and you, you talk to these dogs and they have some ridiculous dialogue in the first area you get after you get out of the airport you're at this like beach resort, hotel resort thing. And I dove off this diving board into the giant pool on the bottom. And I just landed on the bottom and started walking around underground, not underground, underwater in this giant pool. And there was a dog, a real buff dog with these like plasticky looking 3D model arms that were not attached to the side, but just floating next to them. So you can see that, oh, this, this dog is a muscle dog. And it's like, I don't know, it's called like muscle of dog or whatever. And when I talked to him, he was like, Man, cats scare me. They're just they're 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 so unpredictable. You never know what they're gonna do. And they're so strong. They're deceptively strong. I don't like them. I'm scared of cats. And it's just it's a weird game. It's got a lot of charm to it. It's very unique. I can't say I've played a game like it before I also can't say that it's the thing is it's so weird that it's hard to recommend it because it's going to take a very specific type of person to enjoy this type of game and I think just by hearing this is a game inhabited by dogs but they're JPEG images of dogs that alone is going to either make you say, Fuck, hell no, I don't want to deal with this, whatever. What, what, what kind of game is that? Or you're either going to say, that sounds amazing. And if you fall in the amazing camp, pick it up. Because it's weird. There's so much stuff to find out and things to play around with in the environments and to talk to these dogs and have all these really weird, unique, funky interactions. And if that sounds cool, check it out. I like it but i don't know 
I, I it's just it's a, a game that's impossible to recommend with a blanket statement to be like, yo, this is just a great game that everyone should try out. Hell no, you can't say that about this game. This is a very weird, unique, particular game that is for weird, unique, particular people. And if you are a weird, particular, unique person, then check out an airport for aliens currently run by dogs. Playing that on the Xbox as well. All these games are on the Xbox. And I can't remember if it's... I think it might be on Switch as well. Or maybe it's just an Xbox console exclusive at this point. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, check it out if that sounds interesting to you. Then Robophobic came on Xbox a while ago, I believe. But it's just coming out on Switch. And I got an email about it because of the Switch release. And I saw some images of it and thought, whew, I like the look of this. It's sort of got this like plastic toy look to it, but with high contrast for the shading and everything. And it makes it all pop a lot. And it looks really nice. I really, really like the look of it. That's what drew me to it and made me want to check it out. So I asked uh, the person who emailed me if they had Xbox code still. And they did. So I downloaded it. And I really, really like this game. I know we're off to... I was going to say we're off to a really good start, but I remember that Biomutant is this weird, like, I don't like a lot of it, but I still like it. And then an airport for aliens currently run by dogs is just a weird game that is for weird people. But Robophobic is a really cool game. Getting past the visuals, which I like, the way it works, gameplay-wise, is somewhat similar to Super Hot. You are trying to get to the exit of these levels, and you're saving scientists who can improve your weapon damage and your shield and you'll unlock more things as you, you go along but the way it works is that you get into these various rooms and there will be these little like trap doors on the ground and if you get within three spaces an enemy will arise from them and if an enemy arises from a space and there are other adjacent ones that are within three spaces enemies will pop up from them as well and the way it's like super hot or even just sort of like the more traditional not turn based but move based i guess rogue likes and lights is that the enemies won't move unless you move so you are able to assess the situation and not feel like you have to really be super uh, responsive or whatever with your controls and it works out really well when you kill an enemy the spot which they came out of will have a number attached to it and this will adjust I think even if you just stand still but it'll move faster as you're making movements as well and this number I think it is always around the 24 second slash move space that is the amount of time you have to get away from that. Like That is the, the amount of time until they are ready to spawn again, to, to respawn. And that's the basic gist of the gameplay. You have your gun, which you use to kill enemies. And you're just getting through these areas, dealing with these enemies. They'll have ones that are turrets that are stationary, but they'll shoot at you. They'll have enemies that will punch you. 
and, and ones that can move around and shoot. And it's just, it's a very, very cool little game that works well in small doses. So the Switch release would definitely be the way to go if it seems like a game that you might be interested in. I had a really good time with it. I'm looking forward to playing more. And yeah, it, it turned out to be a really, really pleasant surprise. I, I wanted to like it based on the visuals alone. I just thought it had a nice style to it. And when I started playing it, I had no idea what kind of game it was going to be. But this, like again, move-based whatever thing really works well. Uh, I think it, it, it does something that more games should mess around with that. Because I, I like that style of rogue likes as well. I wish we had more traditional roguelikes in that sense, as opposed to a lot of the more side-scrolling action platformer ones. I really liked, I think it was Dungeons of Dreadmore on PC, which was supposed to get a console release at some point, and then that never happened. I think that's the name of it. It was a really fun and funny, cheeky roguelike, which, man, I, I, I just wish we got more games like that. Because I, I dig those. And we, we get some of them, but there hasn't been a really great one of that kind. But uh, yeah, Robophobic is a really cool little game. I definitely recommend checking it out. Especially on Switch, where I think it would feel the best. And just seems to be the perfect home for it. Which is true for a lot of indies, but I think any indie that is kind of designed around bite-sized chunks, level base and all that, perfect fit. The right, right type. R-Type Final 2 is the latest R-Type game. I don't have a lot of history with the series. And I think R-Type Final 2 is okay. Looks pretty good. I, I do like the way it looks. But I find that it can be overly challenging than I would like. And the way levels are designed and the way checkpoints are placed where you lose a very key power-up or whatever can make the experience more frustrating because of they, they just like to throw enemies in places where... Because you can only shoot forward, but if you have certain power-ups, you can then shoot at angles or directly below and above you. But... A lot of the enemies like to just hug the floor of the ceiling and they may even hug the floor where there is a 90 degree angle or whatever. So they're against the wall as well and you can't attack them. So you just have to kind of constantly avoid their their bullets, their projectiles while you're dealing with a bunch of other crap on screen until they fall off the screen and are no longer able to shoot at you. And then some of the geometry is hard to figure out if it'll damage you or not. Your hit box seems larger than it should be because there were times where I would die and I was unclear as to why. It didn't seem like there was a projectile within range of my actual ship, but I guess it was in that hit box range and it killed me. So there are a lot of frustrating elements about it. I haven't put that much time into it because of that, but... Yeah, I'll, I'll probably put some more time into it, but it, it it did not grab me for the hour and a half, two hours to put into it. It it 
seems maybe okay. Like I, the thing is, I can't comment on how it compares to other R-type games because I've played them, yes, a bit, but I don't have any strong memories of them to be able to say one way or another. But uh, yeah, that's R-type Final 2. Then King of Seas is a pirating game, essentially, that feels kind of reminiscent of stuff like Port Royale. And because you're, you're, the, the story is whatever. I really didn't care about the story. But after you get through a lot of the talking bits in the beginning, what you're doing is transporting goods, escorting ships, or going around taking down ships with yours and collecting the loot and stuff like that. It's, it feels pretty good on the controller. The UI and everything, all of that is pretty well implemented. It's a very accessible, more casual experience. So I, I think it's easy to jump into if you are someone who likes these types of games but finds some of the other versions a bit more cumbersome and overwhelming. The problem is it's incredibly tedious right off the bat. The things you have to do, you have to do so often and so frequently. And it's just, it seems like a game that is going to be incredibly padded out just because you have to grind for this or that. And I just, I'm not invested in the story or the gameplay enough to want to engage with that level of grinding. Because like the, the ship combat feels fine. It, it, it's solid. It's serviceable. But it's not so fun that I don't mind doing it for hours at a time to do this one mission or whatever. And the story is definitely not drawing me in in any way to make me want to progress for that reason. So King of Seas is okay from a mechanical standpoint and just a usability standpoint, but I think the design of it and the grindy nature of it really hurts it a lot. So yeah, not really feeling that game. <laughs> Zero Degrees is a platformer where you are able to create platforms via ice cubes. You have five per level. So you'll see gaps or whatever that you can't reach without creating a platform. And it's, it, it's a very simple and straightforward game. It, it's one of them, like $5 games that you can get a lot of the achievements in very quickly. One of them games. I, th I think it's, I, I believe that one is East Asia Soft, not Rodalika Games, but they are of two threads of the same cloth or whatever the hell that saying is. And it, it's fine. It, it feels all right doesn't look that great but in terms of the platforming it feels solid so it works in that sense it just it's it's it is what it is it's simple it's straightforward you're really just using your cube to press switches so that a door will unlock or to create platforms so you can reach a platform you can't otherwise do or to create a platform on some spikes so that you won't die from it and that's it, really. And then Gut Whale is a action platformer 
diver. When I say diver, what I mean is that you're going from room to room basically. And when you, when you clear out a room, you'll drop down to the next room. And the way it works is that you are this little dude with a gun and one bullet. When you shoot the bullet, the bullet will stay wherever it falls and you have to go back and pick it up to reload your gun. I love, love, love this conceptually. What I hate is one specific way in which it controls. So you can just shoot in the direction you're facing or down. The way you shoot down is by holding the shoot button in air. But you can also shoot left and right in air if you just tap it. The sensitivity between whether or not you're shooting down or left and right was so finicky that I wish it was just two different buttons. There are all these buttons on the controller. They're not using all of them. So just make it so that to shoot down, I either whatever. I can't remember if you have a double jump. If you don't have a double jump, just let me press the jump button again to shoot down. If you do have a double jump, then let me no, not, not press it a third time because maybe you don't want to double jump. But that was the Achilles heel for me. I, I was getting incredibly frustrated because I would take damage when I wanted to shoot left or right and I accidentally shot downward and vice versa. And it just, it became really frustrating real fast, which was super annoying because, like I said, conceptually, I love this. I think it feels really tight. The jumping and the shooting feels good. It's just that dealing with the whole shooting down or shooting when in air, left and right, there's there's too much wiggle room or not enough. I don't know. It just, it, I, I don't like it. It really started pissing me off because I saw this game that I could see myself really, really liking and that it was just destroyed by this one thing that I could not adjust in the settings or anything. So that's that's a bummer. I, I I wish every game would allow you to adjust the controls to suit your desires. But that's not the case. Anywho, that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Marcus Nez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is of course pixelatedsausage.com where you can find this podcast and attack the backlog both of which are available on podcast services across the globe if you'd like to check me out streaming what yeah if you'd like to check out my streaming you can go over to twitch.tv slash px sausage and watch me play games there usually mostly games for attack the backlog but sometimes not like i said i played biomutant for three hours one night and I had a pretty good time with it. And it was a good way for people to get an idea of what the game was like. And if you'd like to check out more polished videos, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelated sausage. Maybe watch an episode or two of Attack the Backlog and more stuff in the future. I'm still just kind of, I think now that everything stream wise is set in stone and I shouldn't be fiddling with things anymore, that I'll have time to start messing around with this and that but uh yeah that is again youtube.com slash pixelated sausage like subscribe hit that bell do all that jazz yeah uh if you'd like to check out the art i make you can go back to the site pixelated sausage.com and if you see something you like you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy and if you 
fancy the site in general, and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day. Bye!